Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey everyone and welcome to Pixels, a podcast for the discerning gamer. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Pixels, a show where we cover the news from the video game world, the industry, the uh, news that have been happening in the past couple of weeks. My name is Patrick Beja, and I've noticed that I'm, I've started speaking a little bit faster in these intros and maybe with a little bit less of a French accent. So hopefully the listeners appreciate that improvement. Is it an improvement? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, so as I said, my name is Patrick Beja. We're going to be talking about Bungie splitting away from Activision. We're going to be talking about EA essentially giving up on Star Wars, well, not really, but uh, one Star Wars game at least. Uh, and we're going to be talking about a bunch of big marketing pushes that have brought us a lot of gaming news and other things. Uh, maybe talk about whether or not we're going to be seeing a new console in 2019, at least announced, uh, and some other things. And to help me do that, I'm very, very glad to be welcoming for the first time on the show, Emma Kent from Eurogamer. Hey, Emma. Hi, thanks for having me on. I'm very happy we could finally do this. Um, yeah, no, we, we eventually got around to doing it. <laughs> you've been very busy. Uh, can you tell the listeners a, a few words about yourself before we start? Yeah, sure. So um, I've been doing reporting for about six months now. Uh, I started with the Eurogamer internship in the summer. I did that for three months. Uh, apparently they liked what I did because I'm still here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so I'm kind of quite new to the world of games journalism uh, beyond kind of doing it on an amateur level when I was uh, writing for my uni paper. And yeah, it's brilliant. I love it. Uh, every day there's something Very weird cool. happening. So you're yeah. living the dream. Uh, essentially, you're doing yes, what a yeah. lot of people would love to be doing and you're enjoying <laughs> it. Yeah, no, I get to write uh, puns about video games for a living. So, I mean... <laughs> Eurogamer is uh, is really good on puns, so I guess that's a, a big factor in in hiring people. Um, and so, yeah, I, I was going to make a joke about you still loving it because you've been doing it for only a short while. Soon, I'm certain your uh, uh, the 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 um, oh, how do you call it? Like the the horrible grayness of of the grind of the job will reach you but not yet so that's good yeah no still fresh still fresh the the other joke i could make uh would be that you're young and so of course you're playing fortnite all the time but that wouldn't be a joke because you actually are so i know i know oh gosh it started I started playing Fortnite kind of ironically because I was like, oh, this will be this will be funny. You know, like, oh, I don't really like it. Oh, I'm just going to see what it's about. And then I actually started enjoying it. And now I'm at the point where undeniably I end up writing <laughs> a load of Fortnite articles quite genuinely. <laughs> do enjoy it. Um, You're not alone. Yeah. Um, it seems it's quite popular. And, and you know, I keep saying on this show, I keep... Uh, I, I'm sure listeners are tired of me saying this uh, almost every episode, but 
Epic is doing such a good job with Fortnite and keeping it interesting and fresh for for a game that doesn't have like a intrinsic storyline or like they keep players engaged and recently they they did it again uh, i think it was today or maybe yesterday that that huge snowstorm yeah. thing exactly yeah no i watched that i think it was yesterday uh with a giant kind of ice king in the sky and everyone just kind of stops fighting for a second where they should at least if the truce holds out <laughs> to kind of watch these events and yeah it's great it's a really kind of communal feeling mm. uh that you don't get in many games and it's fairly regular as well so it keeps the interest kind of maintained yeah. every few weeks there's something going on i think they learned a lot if we want to trace back the origins of that kind of community management through the game uh, they learned a lot from destiny um with the secrets and maybe there's something more you know older uh, for that kind of community interaction but the the secrets in destinies i'm a big destiny fan so i also talk about this almost every uh, episode <laughs> although i don't have enough time to play these days but um they they did a lot of these like community driven secret hunts in um not forsaken which is the last expansion in destiny 2 but the taken king right that's the name i was looking for and it was really fascinating for the community to take part in and there's sort of a lighter version in this in in fortnite uh wow uh, world of warcraft does that too uh, nowadays it is super efficient as a way of getting people to find fresh uh, interest in your game and they're doing this super well so um, mm, exactly. Yeah. Continued upkeep and maintenance is key. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and well, hey, look at that. We're talking about Destiny. Oh, a and perfect segue. <laughs> oh my God. It's almost like I did it on purpose. Um, oh. <laughs> Bungie, big news. This is probably the biggest news from the past couple of weeks. Um, mm. Although it might have been one upped by EA and Star Wars, which we're going to be talking about in just a little bit. But uh, Bungie announced that they are basically getting away, breaking their contract with Activision um, relating to the development and publishing of Destiny. For those who don't remember, that contract was established, I believe, in 2010, maybe 2011. Um, and we only learned about it a little bit later when Destiny was revealed, I think. Um, and uh, they they stipulated that they would be working on that franchise for 10 years together. Uh, Activision uh, publishing the game and Bungie, of course, developing it with a two-year cycle for new titular games like sequels, proper sequels, Destiny 1, 2, 3, every two years, and an expansion every other year. Now, of course, things haven't gone that way. Uh, the Destiny 2 took three years to come out instead of two, and we had another expansion with Destiny, the first one, uh, in the interim, which wasn't super well regarded. Um, it's been on and off. I've talked about Destiny a, a lot. I think a lot of people know about the story, of course. Um, the, the relationship between the two entities have been, has been uh, uh, tense, as we've heard about it for a while now. Uh, the uh, imperative being different from, for both Activision wanting to make a lot of money <laughs> with that franchise. Uh, I'm sure Bungie wouldn't mind making a lot of money as well. But apparently, uh, sales-wise, uh, the, the results were disappointing to Activision, which probably led to this, uh, this amicable-ish separation. And the big... The, the, the other big thing there is that Bungie is keeping the rights to the Destiny franchise, um, which 
we can speculate, but I, I, I'm not sure how Activision let that go. Um, it, it, I'm guessing there's a lot of money involved. Uh, but Bungie, of course, developer of the Halo series, which when they left uh, Microsoft, they had to uh, let go of uh, Halo. In this case, they're keeping Destiny. Uh, the reporting by uh, Jason Trier um, specified that there were cheers of joy and laughter um, when that was announced at a, an all-hands uh, meeting at the Bungie offices. And uh, yeah, so that's the news kind of raw. I, I wonder mm, yeah. what you think about all History of this. History repeats itself, kind of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, a lot of people have been celebrating this. Um, I'm not a Destiny player myself, but everyone else in the office is. So I kind of get all of this secondhand uh, feedback about how Destiny is going at the moment. And people generally feel that it's too impenetrable and too hardcore at the moment. And it needs to Oh, that's kind of, funny. Yeah, more... I don't know, like uh, more constant maintenance and that the kind of annual cycle is kind of damaging the upkeep of the game. Um, this yeah. is what, yeah, I've heard from people who play it. So, yeah, the feeling is that uh, hopefully without this cycle, Bungie can focus more on that. It's definitely a, uh, uh, it, it takes away some of the pressure uh, of working with a gigantic company like Activision. Um they, I mean, for me, and I think the, the community of hardcore players uh, feels like the game is in a really good place now. But that's interesting that you mentioned uh, people at your work feel it's difficult to keep the thing going for, and it's getting a little bit uh, uh, hardcore because what they tried to do probably at the behest of Activision with the release of Destiny 2 is to widen the uh, player base and to make it a little bit more approachable. And the result was maybe they didn't approach that right, but the result was that people were not engaging with the game. Uh, the core hardcore community was not engaging with the game as much. And the people who were more casual kind of didn't care enough to keep playing the game. So yeah. it's tough balance. I mean, to yeah, speaking from my own experience, I had a go at Destiny 2 um, earlier this year and I just kind of bounced straight off it. I'm sorry if that's that's hurt you as a Destiny fan. Oh, it, 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 but, yeah, it pains oh. me a little bit, but I understand. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I can't quite put my finger on it. I think it was just... There wasn't, it, you kind of felt like you were thrown straight into the middle of something which you didn't really have a good grasp on at the mm. start. I think it's quite a lot to deal with beyond the shooting mechanics, which do feel great. I have to admit, Destiny's got great That's shooting. That's definitely but, its strength, yeah. Yeah, um, and you, I didn't really feel connected with anyone else in the community to start with. And yeah, I put a fair few hours into it and it just didn't click. Um, and yeah, on the other end of that, I would say people in the Eurogamer office are pretty hardcore destiny okay. but it's definitely like a while back but even for them uh i think they found it's too time consuming now and i think Bungie yeah. recently had to give out a clue for a puzzle because nobody <laughs> could solve it um <laughs> so yeah, week, no, yeah it seems like on either end of the scale they haven't quite got it right with destiny 2 i think that's the big the big issue and probably part of the reason why the tension was was happening between activision and Bungie is that um they they the game that they they were really trying to serve two masters. I think initially Bungie wanted to make a game for everyone uh, and to go big with the franchise and and make kind of a Halo like uh, uh, product, but with a game as a service mentality that would keep going forever. And I think what they've realized is that it doesn't really work um, because that kind of game, at least the way they're conceiving it 
doesn't appeal to uh, the the wide reaching community. And so, of course, Activision is not getting what they wanted out of it, which is a, a worldwide blockbusting franchise like Call of Duty. Mm, exactly. Um, and, and so they were trying to pull the thing back into that direction, which Bungie wasn't a fan of because they they realized that the game, it ended up, you know, I'm sure artists discover what their thing is as they're doing it sometimes. And certainly it's the case for games. And they discovered what Destiny was and they realized, you know, maybe this game is not what we thought it was going to be in the beginning. So I think, you know, I, I joked about an amicable separation um, mm. in the beginning. I think it's easy to paint this uh, split as some kind of horrible uh, uh, dispute where no one is happy and Activision is, of mm. course, the bad guy and uh, uh, Bungie is free from the horrors of, of big companies and corporate culture. And I'm not quite sure that's it. I think they're realizing yeah. that it's not working yeah. out for them, right? I think and, it was probably mutual from what I've heard. So it's yeah. been a few years. It's just a sense that they're not quite compatible for each other. And I think the big thing is Destiny staying with Bungie. Uh, I mean, again, I, I'm sure there's some money uh, exchange happening there. I may, I wouldn't even be surprised if a part uh, of uh, Destiny's three, whatever it ends up being, uh, uh, revenue or profits goes to Activision. Like, I, I don't know. Of course, they're not going to have to pay whatever they had to pay for the last two years of their contract. So that's some money they can put somewhere else. I'm talking about Activision there. Um, but... I wouldn't be surprised if there was some extra money that was staying there because, of course, the franchise was co-developed uh, and Bungie is going to have to do all the publishing, which is not easy. But maybe they're, they're thinking, you know, as, as we were saying, uh, Destiny is a more core game. And so maybe we don't need to go big on marketing every time and we can self-publish it wherever and keep our core community happy and maybe try something else. Uh, I think they got an investment from, was it Tencent or NetEase? Might have been NetEase. Yeah, um, NetEase, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, NetEase is everywhere. Um, <laughs> and, and and so they're going to focus on that other franchise uh, as well. They got like 100 million, so they'll be okay. Mm -hmm. And maybe do something else as well and, and say leave Destiny where it is. I mean, keep developing I think, it. Yeah, but... I think, yeah, I think Bungie said they're keeping the same number of developers on Destiny for now. Yeah. So it should just be an additional game along with that. But yeah, it will probably be a lot more yeah. of them to manage. For NetEase, I mean. Um, uh, yes, yeah. Yeah, but I, I'm wondering if they're not going to do something else as well, maybe. I don't know. Um, Potentially. Mm. I think it's interesting from looking at Activision. Like it, the, losing Destiny is kind of another big stable IP that they know that they can get money from. It's quite interesting that they were willing to let that go. And as you say, it was probably significant amount of money involved in letting it go so i believe activision also let skylanders go as well which is another kind of big money maker so now they've yeah. kind of got call of duty i don't that's pretty much can... it right yeah <laughs> yeah no they're gonna have to look somewhere else for some new ip i think that's a big i mean they have call of duty of course which i don't know how much is going to keep selling i mean it sells but you know it's it's one mm. big thing they have like the spiral and whatever those are i think side yeah well, uh, they're, they're kind of remakes really yeah. so and and so it puts i'm sure some increased pressure on on blizzard uh, even though, you know, Activision is part of Activision Blizzard on the same level mm -hmm. as Blizzard. So it's kind of, if Activision Publishing doesn't have uh, a lot of money bringing, bringing in, isn't bringing in a lot of money, it's not 
Activision Blizzard as a whole that's responsible, but still, it, like it's a, it's, they own both companies, so they w- have to be looking at Blizzard and thinking, hey, do you have like other stuff coming out? Because it's been yeah. a while. But it seems like they've been cutting costs at Blizzard lately as well, so they're definitely looking yeah. to. Yeah, I've be, I've talked about this a lot. Uh, I used to work for Blizzard, and I, I I'm very fond of of uh, Blizzard games, so I'm not going to dive back into that. But the fact that they're letting Destiny go with Bungie, I think, and the fact that they're splitting up now without a huge like, yes, there was a little bit of push and pull, some uh, microtransactions added, but. Uh, as I've said many times, they weren't outrageous in Destiny. Um, but so the big question which you brought up is what is Activision doing? I don't know. I mm-hmm. think they might, they have to be looking for other games to publish or to to co-develop or something. They can't just remain with just Call of Duty. It would seem antithetical to what Activision or a big publisher yeah. is. <laughs> yeah. yeah it, well, maybe they'll try and buy um, some other franchises that are already established. I don't know what they're planning, but mm. they're gonna have, yeah, they're gonna have to find a new stable IP to go along with Call of Duty. I think you need at least two, and then you yeah, can do you some think so. weirder other games. And, yeah. and the thing is, they can't just go and and shop around with you know some double tr- A developer. And when Activision, mm. that's why it didn't work out with Bungie. I think that's my interpretation. When they develop a game, it needs to be like a gigantic franchise. And they hopefully they would like it to be an annual thing that they can sell a ton of every single year. Um, and this is, you know, not something you can just find off the street. So I don't know. And and mm. I, I can't, you know, I'm trying to look at the landscape now. Um, I don't know what developer they could buy. Everyone else is already uh, with a giant yeah. developer, uh, a giant publisher. It's so. true, yeah. No, I yeah. guess maybe Activision will need to reconsider um, its business model, maybe have a look at constant upkeep games. You know, like everyone looks to Epic. There's there's a reason for that. Mm. Um, yeah, maybe they're, well, yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll see. But yeah. um, <laughs> who knows? <laughs> who knows? Maybe <laughs> maybe uh, E3 will, will have some answers for us. Maybe they have been secretly, mm. they've seen this coming and they have been secretly developing another project and who knows. Um, another giant, of course, beloved corporate entity uh, is EA. And uh, every gamer loves EA, right? Just as much as active. I think if someone, if one uh, a company is more hated than Activision, it's probably EA. And and this bit of news isn't helping. Um, there was a big Star Wars open world game uh, being developed uh, uh, by, was it Visceral? Or was Visceral think, the company uh, that, that... this one that just got cancelled was EA Vancouver. And oh, then the right. one before that was Visceral. It's the yeah. one before, you're right. So <laughs> you they... can't even keep up with all of the cancellations. <laughs> <laughs> so they cancelled that big uh, uh, open world uh, Star Wars game that everyone was looking at and thinking maybe this is going to be cool uh, and they just cancel it and the reasoning for it is apparently that uh, it was too ambitious and it wasn't going to be it wasn't going to be released until like 2022 and they looked at it and they, they're thinking we need something sooner we need something by 2020 so let's cancel that and let's start working on another game that we can release in uh, a year and a half um I, i'm not sure what to think about this on, on the one hand i'm like well if they thought you know you you prototype games and if you're thinking it's not going to cut it or for whatever reason you don't want to spend five years on a game that is risky you know this is 
big stuff. You're putting in, it's easy to look at and, and think, oh, they just decided they didn't want to pay for a game when they could have invested a little. Like it's probably hundreds of millions of dollars, definitely dozens, mm -hmm. probably hundreds. Um, it's not it, a light decision for sure. Yeah. <laughs> like if you're thinking, you know what, I ju I'm just not feeling this. I think it's okay to say, let, let's do yeah. something else. Um, yeah, no, I think this one was also in kind of the early stages uh, of development. So it, I, I think it got announced about the same time as the Visceral shutdown. Yeah, um, and they said, so, yeah, about we're shutting in. down Visceral and, and Amy Hanning was working on that one. And, and then they announced uh, the one that uh, uh, was just canceled. So it's like cancellation after cancellation. I understand why people are angry, especially since uh, um, uh, Lucas uh, uh, Films or Lucas Art, no, Lucas Art was uh, uh, dismantled, and Lucas Films signed a contract with EA to um, uh, uh, have exclusive rights on on Star Wars games. Which I understand why Star Wars fans would be angry about because it's not yielding many games at all. Mm, it's like it's, Battlefront it's 1 and 2. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and neither of them have been uh, particularly brilliant. Um, I think that's <laughs> and fair And then, of say, course, yes. yeah, Star Wars Battlefront 2, was, the microtransactions were so controversial that it actually um, changed attitudes across the entire industry and had that yeah. uh, hugely downvoted Reddit comment. So see, we have EA to thank for that. So thank you, yeah, EA. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. They pushed it so far that nobody else could ever uh, go near it. <laughs> but I mean, the, the that Battlefront 2 ended up being, you know, uh, um, I think even without the microtransaction issue, both Battlefront are fun. They're okay, but they're not. They didn't set the world on yeah, fire. Yeah, no, I know. I think Star Wars Battlefront 2 is like the first game uh, preview I ever did for my student paper. Mm -hmm. And... It was fun and it was pretty and I liked it. And that I wrote all of that before the, uh, the, the loot boxes came in. But yeah, no, um, I, don't, I don't know. It, it never quite had a kind of thing to make you keep coming back uh, for it. I quite like the space battles. They were pretty good spaceships and that kind of yeah. thing. But I, th I think there's there's something, I mean, it, it would be fine if it was one of the, or that series, I, I understand the, the, the idea of thinking, you know, we have Battlefield, let's do that with Star Wars, there's an appeal there, uh, but it's gonna stay that kind of multiplayer fun. I think Star Wars calls, calls for uh, more, something more narrative, and that's what Visceral was working on. That's what EA Vancouver was working on. Um, and and we're not going to get any of those. So for, for a Star Wars fan, it's kind, it feels like a wasted opportunity. And there's a whole story about who made the deals and who left EA and who left, you know, when Disney bought LucasArts and all of that it plays into it. And maybe the result is that no one really wants this deal and no one likes the deal. So they're not, their heart mm -hmm. is not into it. Uh, but it certainly feels like a, a, a wasted opportunity for gamers and for Star Wars fans. Yeah, for sure. And I've uh, I heard that within EA, I think uh, Jason Shire said this that um, He's there's a sense that they want. Yeah, so he knows all of this. Um, he said that uh, that EA is more focused on kind of lightsaber battle kind of aspect and wants games focused on that. Whereas uh, the thing that was going on at Visceral was much kind of more gritty kind of bounty hunter thing a bit more like uh rogue one or solo it's more focused on that yeah. so i don't know if there's yeah if they can't quite decide what to do maybe they're also scared about having another backlash like they did with uh battlefront 2 um 
So, goodness well, me. I, mean, I don't know. If they, it's if not they, good for PR. <laughs> if they don't include loot boxes, I think they should be fine. <laughs> I think they yeah. learned that lesson. But, uh, well, I think, we, yeah, whatever they do that with Star Wars next, they're going to have increased scrutiny. But I'm not sure continually cancelling games is the way to go about that <laughs> well hopefully they will that means we'll get another game hopefully it will be good uh in 2020 um instead of one in 2022 maybe we'll get one in 2022 as well but i mean that that game seemed like it was too ambitious for ea uh and and i can't really fault them for that the thing that i would hope for is that they actually <laughs> create games i mean we do have a uh, uh, jedi fallen order coming hopefully uh unless things change from respawn at the end of this year so there's yeah. one game that i'm really hoping will be interesting and good for mm, the star wars hope. franchise yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly that's a new hope for for this uh this franchise this ip um right so yeah that was also unexpected but it, it's such a big decision to make when you don't have all the the cards in your hand i'm not i mean when you don't know everything about it i kind of it's hard for me to fault ea for canceling that e, uh, that vancouver game because i don't know mm -hmm. how big it was or how but at the same time i understand people thinking dude like star wars for for like years we've gotten two multiplayer games and we need the narrative mm -hmm. aspect so yeah i think in context it's not great if this mm -hmm. was just a one-off then people would probably be more forgiving yeah. But, mm. Yeah, I agree. Um, well, uh, to hold us off, we have uh, we had it was kind of confluence of uh, releases coming out at the uh, in February and, and March that we had a lot of uh, marketing pushes for, and I call them marketing pushes because this is what they are. We all of a sudden started seeing lots of videos and reveals and stuff on a number of games, um, and. The one that caught my eye the most is Anthem, of course. So I, mm. I'll the the uh, demo, the VIP demo, is uh, being made available at the end of this week. So I'll talk about the game a little bit more uh, next episode when we when I've actually played it. I did want to mention a, a little bit about this game. What I got out of the videos, I've I've watched a lot of them, as I mentioned. Many times I'm a big Destiny fan, and this is essentially mm -hmm. Bioware's Destiny. Um, and it looks like there's a lot to to like uh, from what we've seen now. I think the way, if we look at the way they're structuring their communications plan, I think it it's looking like they have a lot of confidence with the game. I still have a lot of reservations, but looking at all of it, I um, I. I got more hyped for it and I ended up pre-ordering it uh, to get access to the demo for work, of course, mm -hmm. you know, I, I yeah. do oh, that. For research, for, yeah. yeah, research purposes, exactly. <laughs> um, but the, giving a, a lot of uh, uh, content creators access to it ahead of time and releasing it, you know, of course, it's a marketing plan. So communications plan, you have NDAs that uh, follow each other. So you have a constant stream of information, but they... Mm -hmm. You do, I don't think you do that. You give such wide access to these parts of the game um, if you don't think the game is good. I think you... Yeah, you have to be confident in yeah. how it's feeling right now and showing off features that are clearly ready ahead of time without need for too much of a crunch right at the end, hopefully. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, and and so they they the 
content creators we've seen, the YouTubers are seem pretty positive about it. Uh, a couple of things I, I noted, and then there's going to be the, the, the beta, uh, which is essentially a test for the networking, um, restricted one first, and then a week later you have the open one. Um, and and a couple of things that I uh, noted, I'm sure some people have questions because this is one of the big releases of the uh, beginning of the year. Uh, one interesting thing, uh, game design-wise, is that uh, some of the abilities of each uh, character, each class, each armor, um, are actually loot. And I thought that was pretty interesting and a, a novel way of doing it. Um, your classes, of course, have different abilities and some of them are loot. And so you have to loot the ability, which is, it's a weapon essentially, but mm. uh, it's an ability on cooldown like all of these hero slash shooter games are. Um, and so you can loot different types of abilities. So you might loot a, a, a different type of thing that changes the way you play. I think this is a really cool uh, way of approaching that loot grind, which of course is going to be central to the to the game. Um, there is there are no not going to be any random microtransactions and no gameplay affecting microtransactions. Um, there might be new classes slash armors at some point um, and maybe expansions and stuff like that but there aren't going to be loot boxes or those kinds of things it's only going to be cosmetic like um, uh, armor looks changing stuff that you can choose to buy and then buy you don't have to buy a loot box and and hope you get the one you like so I think uh, a lot of people are going to be happy with that um, one thing I noticed, the, the VO, uh, the conversations are kind of terrible. Not the, the actors, the characters you're speaking to are fine. The way your character speaks feels completely disconnected from the way the conversation is going. Like they're all cheery and happy in the way that it, it's, it felt weird. So that kind of stuck out and kind of has a little bit of an implication in the care they've put in the single player story, I think, the, the single part, mm. uh, single player part. Yeah, that but, does kind of raise questions about the writing, I guess. Uh, yes. Or at worrying. least, you know, the just, yeah. the recording, the way they've worked with the actors um, mm, yeah. to record this. It, so. that, that will make a, a big difference if, you're, <laughs> if you feel completely, I don't know, disconnected or ruin any immersion. So I hope that's not I mean, going to be too widespread or they fix it a bit. <laughs> I've heard people say it's not all the time, but everything I've seen was like uh, someone is, first of all, there's this whole uh, cryptic uh, talk about like, oh, the anthem of life is kind of like Destiny, like the story doesn't really make sense. From what I've seen, I haven't played the game. Maybe it's going to be good. Mm. But And then you have the, the, the your character that you're playing who goes like, oh, yeah, that's really great. And, and you're like, it, I don't know, it feels very weird. Early impression, yeah. we'll see how it, how it works out. <laughs> it is, it's strange. Anthem is a weird one with marketing because I feel like it's been a very constant, steady flow of information. Like every few weeks, so they've been very open and that's great. Yeah. But I kind of wonder if they need to actually kind of hold back some more things so that when they do uh, say something, it's more of a big deal. Do you know what I mean? And they're kind of flooding. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think the, 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 everything they've been talking about is uh, early game. You know, it's game fundamentals, mm -hmm. systems, moment-to-moment, uh, -moment gameplay. And it's true, they haven't left anything, it seems, uh, a lot to to uh, discover in the game. But maybe there's stuff happening later in the game that are different. That's, That's my true. Hope maybe least. we don't even know. Maybe we've just seen the yeah. tip of the iceberg. <laughs> and all the environment we've seen are kind of samey. So maybe there are some other environments that you will discover when you 
play the game. And the more, most important things in, in those games, as I always say, is uh, the, the replayability loop. And that is where the game is made or broken because people are going to play for 20 hours, whatever, get to max level, and then the, the real game starts. That's how it works in those games. And if that isn't good, and we haven't seen a lot of that, if that isn't good, then the game might fall uh, on its face. But we'll see. Mm. I'm hopeful. I'm, I'm yeah. definitely more hopeful. <laughs> I, you're what, sorry? Not long left now until we find yeah. out. It's yes, amazing. a month. I'm very excited. It's going to be a busy one, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I mean, The Division is coming out like three weeks after the Division 2. Uh, they they made a, um, a big deal about having reworked PvP. Like the Dark Zones are different. It's the PvPvE part of the, that game. And you have like a proper PvP, like, I don't know, Battlegrounds uh, in, in the Division 2. So there's some of that. There was a, a giant video about uh, a 10-minute video from uh, Metro Exodus, um, which honestly, I don't know about that game. I mean, I don't think it's for me, but... Um, yeah, I think I'll give it a whirl because I haven't played a Metro game before, but there is a big, very big kind of void. I'm feeling that I need like a, a post-apocalyptic game in my life <laughs> at the moment. And it is does look really kind of hideously ugly, but beautiful at the same time. Uh, it's a beautiful of depiction of an ugly world. Exactly. Yeah. No. So I'm quite interested to see how that works. Yeah. It's, yeah, I don't know. It, I think it's just not for me, but... Um... That's I'm, fair enough. <laughs> so you case. saw that 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 uh, that ten minutes video? Yeah, I did. Uh, I thought the I, the thing I remember most from that is the kind of beginning with like the red footprints in the snow, uh-huh. and that's quite striking. Oh wait, maybe yeah. it's a different video then, because the one maybe I saw was in the in cost. the desert. Um, uh huh. Okay. So there have been a few lately. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's Metro. I think the people who are uh, uh, waiting and it's beautiful and all of that, but. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think it's going to be for me. I'm going to be flying in my mm-hmm. Iron Man suit and anthem, so I won't have time for, for <laughs> Exodus. That'll be the great divide. Exactly. <laughs> uh, the other one I did want to mention was Mortal Kombat 11, um, which, <laughs> I mean, it's Mortal Kombat, but yeah, that's the that's the way to describe it. <laughs> pretty much, that's what you need to say about it. It's Mortal Kombat. Um, I I did want to mention that the, the ways they find ways of making the game more violent and kind of disgusting <laughs> Have every you seen time? the new uh, yeah the new death animation the, well there there's a million of that, them that was yeah no they've yeah. made they've got a new one that's kind of been doing the rounds where uh someone gets their face kind of punched off so oh, they get right. hit in the back of the head and the front of their face flies off and their brain kind of follows behind it <laughs> it's I, I mean, I don't know where they, how they even so come mean, up with this. <laughs> you mean the face, like the actual skin of the face yeah, yeah, flies the, off. The actual, yeah. That flies off and then shortly followed by the brain tailing off. <laughs> you know, when I saw that thing um, last week, I, I immediately tweeted, I think the entire company it has bonus incentives on coming up with gruesome ways of killing the characters in the game. Like everyone Maybe it's must like be an in-house competition. Everyone exactly. puts in their little suggestion. I mean, the one that, that the one that I can't remember the one with the fl- face and brain flying off, but the the one that struck me was there's a new character that controls blood. Uh, essentially, she can like she she has con- complete control over blood everywhere, and. 
one of her That's fatalities in Mortal Kombat, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> basically. <blood> yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, they're all. Um, yeah, you're right. You're right. But so w- one of the, the 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 fatalities, I guess, she does is she drains the blood out. If you have kids, just put them away for like thirty seconds. She drains the blood <laughs> out of the body of her enemy. So already you're kind of dead at that point. So she drains it out. Uh, then freezes the blood into giant spikes and then stabs the lifeless body of her enemy with those giant spikes of that enemy's own blood. And (laughs) then she like projects one last spike into the head that comes out the other other side with an eye attached to it. Like it is... (laughs) Oh my god! I mean, you know, I think I think describing these animations over podcast is possibly more entertaining than the actual <laughs> animations. And actually seeing them, yeah, it's yeah. kind of you know, it's it's weird because anyone would be horrified by, and, and probably is horrified by. Imagine someone who doesn't know games listening to this, and you're like, you're wait, you actually enjoy these things? What is yeah. what is wrong with you? Um, this is what yeah, the conservatives imagine when they think of exactly. violent video games. So. <laughs> And and I guess they're not wrong, but except there's there's mm. a really interesting line that Mortal Kombat manages to to toe between the incredibly gruesome, which I mean it's definitely on the line of gruesome, over the line mm. of gruesome, but at the same time it's cartoony enough that it it's doesn't... very self aware. It knows yeah. it's horrible and taking things too far, but I think it yeah it knows that it's silly and. I don't know. It's it's not realistic at all. Like yeah. you, you, this would never happen. A face would never fly out with a brain <laughs> following. Like it's just silly. It's yeah. So I think there's a space for it. It's not my kind of cup of tea, but uh, yeah, there it is nonetheless. <laughs> it's. I think it goes so far. It becomes outrageous, and that's what makes yeah, exactly. it almost comical. Yeah. yeah, you're right. You're right. It's it's too yeah. So anyway, those were the ones I wanted to mention. I'm sure there are. Others, um, but those are the ones that I noticed. Um, oh, and for those who don't remember, uh, Anthem is coming out February 22nd. And the first VIP demo, if you have pre-ordered or prepaid the game, is at the end of this week. So on the 25th, I believe. It's about 36 hours. There's another one open for all a week later, which I only found out about after I had paid for the, the game. Um, but you know what? It's for research so i had to do it um and uh metro is when is metro isn't it february 15th i think it it? got moved yeah no oh you're right all sorts of shuffling around yeah (laughs) you're right on the 15th and uh mortal kombat uh the division is like march 15 and mortal kombat is april 23rd i think so Mm. you have that to look forward to um, there's another uh, topic I wanted to cover um, because we talked about the games we were uh, expecting last week and we didn't talk about console. Well, we talked about like, quote unquote, fake consoles like the At- uh, Atari VCS, which is coming out in July, which, okay. Um, but <laughs> the, the traditional consoles, um, we didn't talk about that. And there's a chance that they might be announced that this week this year's uh well something uh maybe three for microsoft so what do you think are we gonna see new consoles announced slash 
released this year. Uh, Whatever I say yeah. is going to age really poorly. <laughs> I'll look back at this in a few years. I'll be like, oh, no, got that wrong. Uh, but okay, we'll make some predictions, I guess. Um, I think Sony is going to have a quiet one this year. They've already pulled out of E3, as we know. I think they're just going to kind of let the PS4 kind of peter out and have a final year, and then maybe next year we'll hear things from them about okay. the next So next Sony one. quiet, I see. Yes, I think. But I... There's a part of me that wonders if Microsoft is going to try and pip uh, Sony by saying something about the next Xbox, the E3, because it's going to have the stage to itself this time. Um, yeah. But I'm not sure if they plan that that far in advance, because it would have been quite recent that they would have found out about Sony uh, dropping out, that kind of thing. Yeah, I don't. Th it's been a what a couple of months. Sony announced they were going to be a E3, so mm -hmm. I think if they, I mean, announcement-wise, it would mean like. We're assuming they would announce it at E3, but I think that's that's a fair uh, that uh, assessment. That is a Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, if if they were to announce it, to announce it, it would be at E3, is what I mean. Mm, yeah, um, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's fair because that's obviously the place where they would make the most noise. And whether Sony is there or not, that that I think would make sense. But the, so they would plan it in advance either yeah. this year or next year. They mentioned last year that they were working on it. So if they say something this year. I think it would need to be a full presentation, full on, like, this is what the console is, yeah. this is what it can do, here's some uh, uh, target or even actual gameplay. Um, okay. I think, I, I think it makes sense for Microsoft to do that because I, I think undeniably PlayStation has dominated this generation in terms of um, sales and also just the kind of the games it's had as exclusives. Microsoft's been doing some interesting things with the Game Pass and obviously yeah. like backwards compatibility is great. But I think it does need some new IP and it needs to kind of grab the attention back. And I think maybe announcing something this year would be a good way to do that. Well, I completely agree. I think yeah. uh, it's an opportunity that is difficult for them to not take advantage of. Um, even if they hadn't planned on it, I think they did, but even, even if they hadn't, the fact that Sony isn't there, um, if they let go of that uh, opportunity and don't announce anything, it would be the biggest missed opportunity in the history of video games. Well, maybe not that mm -hmm. far, but... Um, and of course, we all know that, as you mentioned, uh, Sony is doing a lot better this uh, generation, and... Microsoft is eager to see this generation end. So yeah. <laughs> not only do I think they could announce the new console in detail, uh, but I think they could potentially release it this year. Um, it's been yeah. three, uh, six years since the Xbox One came out. It came out in 2013, uh, same with the PS4. Six years is a decent amount of time for the uh for for a generation it's not the longest one but it's happened before um and you know it's not like so many people already own a, an xbox one i know some people do don't mm. email me but um you know <laughs> the, the, there would be less people than in the xbox 360 generation mm. that would have to think oh i already have one i don't need a and taking uh sony uh taking away the initiative from from sony who wants this generation to last as long as possible, even though they're exactly, preparing yeah. the next one. I, I don't think Sony is going to announce or release anything, obviously, this year. They're going to do that next year. But Microsoft would have a year and, a you know, one year uh, uh, of, of head, uh, head time. Uh, this With this, this year, if they release it, they are alone. 
on the market. Mm -hmm. So everyone is going to buy, well, not everyone, but you know, the, the, the core gamers who want to get the latest stuff, I think they're going to buy mm -hmm. one, especially, I'm wondering if this uh, discless uh, Xbox One that we've heard about um, might come pre-equipped with the kind of hardware that will allow their um, streaming service to work. You know, we've had rumors mm -hmm. about the fact that the next generation would be a dual offering of actual standard console and streaming service that would have some mm -hmm. hardware to uh, mitigate the lag issues somehow. I don't know how it works. It's probably magic. But yeah. um, <laughs> if that, that new Xbox One is released with that, maybe the other ones could work with a streaming service as well. Not as well, maybe without mm -hmm. the lag temp uh, uh, mitigating thing. I don't know. But Yeah, I think it would definitely be like a single player game only thing for the streaming uh, i think most Probably, of the time i think well, multiplayer games might be challenging Probably, too yeah. much lag. Yeah. It would be. It would be. I mean, I think the 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 streaming thing would work for people who are who don't want like uh, the the big, the the best, the actual console. But most people like mm. us yeah, would yeah. buy the the actual console. But if you tell people, you know what, the console you already have, your PC, your whatever, you can already play on the Xbox Two or the Xbox Scarlet, which is the code name for it. Um, mm. it's, it's, and it's backwards compatible with all of these games, Xbox one and many Xbox 360. Um, I think there's, okay, let's, let's leave the, uh, improbable scenarios of streaming <laughs> aside. Um, yes. if they release the console this year, they have a, a significant advantage over the PlayStation five. Um, Sony will have to begrudgingly announce and release it next year. I think if they could have their way, uh, Sony would be happy to wait until 2021. Um, so anyway, my prediction, I'm going to be bold and say announcement and release this year of the next generation of Xbox consoles. So wow. there, there we go. go. I'm we'll, taking we'll come risks. back to this in a few months. <laughs> we'll see how and, we laugh. and laugh. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Um, all right, that was all of the uh, big topics that uh, we wanted to cover. Uh, a few tidbits of other uh, news. Oh, before the news, uh, actually, the games we've been playing. Um, what have you been playing aside from Fortnite? Although you can't talk about Fortnite. <laughs> if yeah, anything, no, I've, I know I've, you I've spoken... Lot. Honestly, I've, I've talked so much about Fortnite. I'll, do, I'll give some space to another game for now. Uh, <laughs> I literally just got a Switch. Um, oh, I saw that. Yeah. Congratulations. Yes, I'm so happy for you. you. Yeah, You're no, it's a really cute time. little kind of Pikachu and Eevee one with the, the kind of patterns and it's got Pikachu and Eevee sat on the dock. It's, it's adorable. So with that, I got uh, Pokemon Let's Go. So I've been playing that uh, <laughs> bit behind the curve with everyone, but it's so <laughs> relaxing and it's just really charming. It's definitely not a really tactically challenging game, at least mm. thus far. But it's just, I kind of just like tickling my EV, like giving it a stroke. And <laughs> it sings at me and I'm like, yeah, uh, this is <laughs> the kind of um, relaxing thing I need. Uh, other than that, I played quite a lot of Red Dead Redemption 2 over Christmas. Uh, I had time to sit down and properly give it some attention. Mm -hmm. I uh, still haven't finished it, though. <laughs> it's, it's a long game. I, you know, Red Dead Redemption 2 is the one that's that's looking at me uh, reproachfully from my game list and, and mm. telling me, why aren't you playing me? You know you should be. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm a big game for last year. You haven't finished me yet. Why? And yeah. I, I look at this and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to play Mario. Sorry. Like, this is... <laughs> 
it's a big commitment i think every time i sit down to play it i also have to remember what the controls are um, <laughs> which is I end up just punching my horse and things exactly. like that. And it upsets me quite a lot. <laughs> I saw. I just saw a, uh, a tweet from a friend who who was uh, playing the game, and he was the title of the tweet was uh, "How do you get on the horse again? Is it L 2 No. And in the video, as you mentioned, uh, he's actually close to the horse and punches the horse in the face. It's like <laughs> what the what? How? It's. Anyway. I'd, I'd love like Arthur Morgan in the world just being like, oh, I'm sorry. It's just really easy to punch a horse. Just, <laughs> just meant to get on it, you know? <laughs> exactly. I, I got confused. I, confused. I, 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 I meant to get on the horse and I punched it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that there's that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess the other one has been Fallout 76. Um, I've been looking at that oh. again. Yeah. Um, it's in a really interesting place at the moment. Uh, as, as you know, I've been like looking at all of the uh, the dev room uh, stuff that's been going on with it and the duplication. Yeah, so switching. I heard about this. Can you can you tell us a little bit more? It was like a big hack that happened and, and Bethesda yeah, got involved. Yeah, exactly. And... So, yeah, with every Bethesda game uh, in recent memory, I think going back to like Morrowind, there's been a developer room in the games and you can normally access them uh, via console command because it's like a single player game. Uh, you can just go in and type the coordinates and pop in there. And they basically have every item in the game, a bit of space for you to test them. It's so that, yeah, the developers can go and try out items in the game. And obviously that's not a problem if it's uh, a single player game and you choose to go in there and take items from it and use it in the world. But in right. a multiplayer game, uh, they, they <laughs> left it in. I don't, know if, I don't know if they thought no one would find it or just that people wouldn't be able to access it. To But be fair, the people... Yeah. <laughs> hasn't Sorry. everyone, haven't people found it in every single other <laughs> that came in the past? Like, Yeah, exactly. Well, I guess before people accessed it through console commands. So they thought, oh, well, you can't do that on Fallout 76, so no one will mm. find it. I don't, I don't, I honestly have no idea um, <laughs> what they thought. Maybe they did have some kind of protections on it because the people who did access the dev room, it has to be said, uh, the vast majority from what I've heard used um, cheat engines. So like third party software to kind of get the coordinates and teleport in there is kind this is what i've heard from most people a few people have claimed they glitched in but uh yeah the ones who were taking items certainly were using uh like peak software to do it right. but i guess you have to be prepared for that to happen in an online game um <laughs> yeah so people were taking the items out and kind of using these other duplication glitches to make copies of them And then oh, giving wow. them to friends and trading them, or apparently some were being sold on eBay. Um, certainly, there were people on Reddit were trying to flog them, like these paints <laughs> that hadn't even been released in the game yet. Uh, some weapons <laughs> hadn't come out yet. Uh, oh, things that's like that. Yeah. yeah, no, it's you so. I'm guessing that they they gotten they they have all gotten banned, or right. So what Bethesda started doing was. Um, Before uh, they officially addressed this, uh, people were sharing an email around saying that they got banned while suspended because they sensed that they'd gone to that location. Mm. So the accounts that went in um, would get banned because they'd trip something that would tell Bethesda and then they got suspended. So what people did was they created what they call mule accounts uh, to go in, grab all of the stuff and then transfer it to another account before of that course. account got suspended. Yeah, because <laughs> people are sneaky. It's kind of impressive. Uh, how good they are at getting around Bethesda, like watching this strange game of cat and mouse. Mm. Um, so, yeah, and I, I don't know, 
Bethesda's kind of hinted that this is this is a weird thing. We don't know whether Bethesda is still just banning people who have entered because they gave an English language statement which said that yeah, they're banning people who went in. But the Polish Fallout Facebook account is saying that they're now finding people who have the unreleased items or items from the dev room and are suspending those accounts as well. So yeah, some people are worried that they might have inadvertently traded um, for an item that's from the dev room and might get suspended. But yeah, oh, it's a right, bit without easy. realizing, yeah. like thinking, oh, yeah, gonna, yeah, this nice. item yeah. looks cool. They people, don't know where it yeah. came from. Exactly. Like, oh, a few it's, people it's, are worried about that. It's okay. But, it's from um, the back of yeah. the truck. It's it's you know it's still good. Of course, <laughs> it's, it's just someone lost it. Yeah. No. Yeah. But um, Bethesda said that if that does happen and you've been suspended. For, and you didn't go in the room, then you should just contact support. Right. Um, so there, there is apparently a way out, but that would be annoying if that did happen to you. But uh, so far from the, the people you've hacked in that I know, they haven't been suspended yet. I think a few of them have had uh, suspensions for duplication glitches. But yeah, no, the, the count banning is still happening if you go in there, mm. basically. <laughs> It's yeah, and and it's still in there. They haven't fixed that. They're just banning yeah. people who go in there. It's oh, exactly I mean, yeah. Fallout uh, seventy six is yeah. so <laughs> yeah. Poor. They've it's closed like... off the yeah. They've closed off the chests so people can't take items out anymore. You can still walk around the room. Oh, and Wooby, we forgot about Wooby. Um, oh, what's Wooby? <laughs> oh, Wooby is the only human NPC in Fallout seventy six, and he is stuck in the dev room. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can you really couldn't make this up when I. I thought it was fake when I first saw it. I was like, there's no way. Um, but it is, it's true. And some people were saying, oh, is this a sign they're going to add human NPCs in? But I reckon they just took Weeby from kind of Fallout 4's code and put him in the dev room so that the oh. devs could test weapons and things on him. Oh my God, <laughs> this is so horrible. It's like The Sims with some <laughs> exactly, kind of sadistic exactly. developer. He's just stuck in this dark dev room until he gets beaten up by... <laughs> either a dev or a hacker I yeah it's, <laughs> it's not even like first there was the devs and then everyone got in and, and started booty, uh, uh, beating up on on poor whoopee okay well you know i i really there wonder if if that game is getting so much attention because of what it is and it's kind of a snowball and keeps getting better uh, mm. better bigger or yeah. if it's really i i have a hard time discerning whether or not that's it, or, you know, it's just a game that, that really has issues yeah, that we'd sure. have gotten I mean, that yeah, attention Yeah, some in. people have definitely been harsh on it, I would say, than others, because other online games have uh, these kind of things, the duplication errors and kind of grey markets where people sell weapons right. on eBay. I have actually done this. I tested it out. Um, I bought a gun from a duplication. Uh, for from research a purposes. Yeah, exactly, for research. It was really weird. Uh <laughs> You, you you go on eBay, you kind of um, arrange to meet the person, the seller, in-game, in Fallout. You friend them, you go into the server with them, and then fast travel to the location. And yeah, this guy was just kind of crouched next to a table in a train station. It was like, here, take it from the table. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And then, he, but yeah, the, the gun was just in there, and then he gave me a thumbs up, and I was like, well, that, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> I've got this That's illegal so gun now. Yeah, <laughs> Illegal gun, yeah, and you could get banned yeah. for it. Oh god, oh. I hope not. Well, that would that would be <laughs> unsurprising. Can, I mean, like you can yeah. put a, you can pull out your your journalist card, like oh, I'm a reporter. I did. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, not sure they'd be that happy with with me right now <laughs> to help. Do, but, uh. All right. Well, that was Fallout 76, I suppose. <laughs> 
Um, so for me, what did I play? Uh, New Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe. I mentioned that game in last week's episode, and I I was true to my word, bought it, played it a whole lot, and it brought me the kind of joy I was hoping for. It's just I think Mario games uh, might be my comfort games. Like I have such they are a like history. A comfort blanket. They're always. Yeah familiar and like they change a bit but the core is the same and they yeah. always just have like, a nice good feeling to them you know what to expect there's the the flowers that bounce with the music and go Bop! and and you know they they have the little <laughs> uh, dancing moves and it's so cute and lovely and it's like a, a nice break from I, I was gonna say other games but maybe the world it's uh it's a lovely <laughs> time and and you know what you're in for it's just so i've been loving it uh, i should note that i didn't play uh new super mario or you uh either you or the wii version or any of those maybe the 3ds version at, at one point but um yeah so that was that was fun i played the demo for resident evil 2 that those are demos oh, yeah. i guess um, have you, you found the workaround for it so i think some people figured out how to keep playing it. Oh, really? Fine. No, I, yeah. I, but honestly, I wouldn't really want to. It's fine. Um, You're, you've had enough for yeah. now. I, I'm one of the... Appetite sated. <laughs> more than sated. I mean, no, that's yeah. a bit harsh. I'm one of the people, one of the few people who doesn't love Resident Evil 2. Um, mm. And I, I, I have to say, it is absolutely admirable the way they are taking the core of what they, that game is and bringing it into a modern UI slash controls world. It's, it feels like th that game that was made today, which it actually is, but the way it's executed feels like the, the game from, what is it, 20 years ago, maybe more. Um, and so that is absolutely uh, 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 commendable. Uh, but it's the... the good slash bad part for me is that it's still Resident Evil 2. Uh, mm -hmm. You have the stupid plants and the combining of the plants and the... It's it's Resident Evil 2. If you like RE2, you're going to love it. If you don't, like me, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm probably going to stay away. I, I can't deal with horror games. It's hard. I could, I could watch horror movies fine. Anything scary, fine. I think the scariest thing I've ever touched is Little Nightmares. I tried playing Outlast one time and I got up to the house into the gate and I took one look and went, nope. And I just shut down the game. I have <laughs> to say that I, I used to play these games quite a bit. Uh, I played a little bit of Resident Evil 7 a couple of years ago and it took me about, yeah, roughly the same time, seven minutes. And I was like, nope, I, 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 nope, I can't, I don't, I won't. Um, I don't know what it is, but uh I have to say, Resident Evil 2 is gory. Oh my god, it is. Mm. Oof, it's harsh. It's really harsh. So if you oof, like that, yeah. then yeah. So I would say probably stay away, Emma. That's yeah, no, not, not right. one for me. I'll stick with the the Pokemon. It's <laughs> and I'll, I'll stick with uh, Super Mario Brothers. Um, <laughs> Nintendo is it's everywhere. Uh, yeah. Between the Stars, a game that my friend Scott recommended to me, I like. Whew, not for me either. I'm not going to go into it. Mm. Um, Call of Duty Blackout is free to play for six days. Uh, the the battle royale mode, and mm. my assessment, which I tweeted, is, yep, it is a battle royale <laughs> game. I think I saw this tweet. Yeah, no, yeah, that's that's what <laughs> it quite, is. I do enjoy Blackout. Um, 
again, like we had a period um, when I broke away from Fortnite, and at one point, I even declared that I preferred Blackout to Fortnite because uh, it had, yeah, when it just launched, there was a lot of hype behind it, and everyone at the office was playing it, and it's just the gunplay was so nice. Fortnite is not good, got good gunplay. It's probably the worst part of it um <laughs> so it was just really refreshing to hit someone and you know it's hit and <laughs> yeah you just re- it feels really solid but they ha- again they haven't really maintained it or changed it that much they added like a boat um and there are some new modes coming now which are kind of a bit like the Fortnite modes where you've got like respawning that's just been added which is quite good because it's a bit uh easier if you're new to it you don't instantly die you sniped by someone across the map um Basically, if you're in a team, so long as one of you survives, uh, when the you next kind of circle forms, oh, right. then, yeah, okay, then yeah. the rest of your squad respawns. Oh, that's an interesting... So, yeah, it should make it really hectic at the end as well, because if everyone's just kind of trying to survive and keep their squad <laughs> in, you could end up with like several teams all squished into this tiny circle. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's an interesting... You know, I think Battle Royale might be the most versatile game mode design mm. that we've seen and that's why it's uh it's working out for so many different uh people yeah and... often i prefer these like alternative mm. playlist versions of it to yeah. the kind of core idea yeah, i think yeah and, and people are just riffing on it now and it's great because you get some really unique uh game modes and it's quite a good testing platform for them i think you get you get so many people who are into battle royale now that you can try out these weird modes that would normally get no attention yeah well, I mean, for me, it wasn't my thing, but it's like when I was talking about Destiny and Anthem earlier, uh, some people were like, yeah, that's, that's just talk about something else. It's not my thing. Well, Battle <laughs> Royale is that for me. It's a um, thing. It's here, yeah. yeah <laughs> it's I mean, probably not I, going away for a while. <laughs> I am not in the majority here, definitely. I don't have any uh, uh, illusions that other <laughs> most people are like me. But uh. um, And I also played uh, CrossCode a little bit, which is weird, and I want to play more. A lot of people have been talking about it. It's a game that came out at the end, maybe fall or early um, winter 2018, last year. And it's this weird single-player game that puts you in the uh, uh, body of an avatar of a character in an MMO game where you also have other players, which aren't actual other players because you're playing it solo, um, but they are written as other players playing that game. And a lot of people have been talking about it. I'm, I'm very curious to see more. It's got some... Uh, uh, 16-bit graphics, which are not even that fancy. They're just kind of 16-bit graphics. And it controls very well. It's a bit weird, as I said. It's it's a JRPG-type thing uh, made by Germans, (laughs) I believe. Um, (laughs) And it's strange. And I think it might have been one that that came under the radar, unfortunately, last year. Um, I'm going to play it more. I there's a demo available I bought the game uh it's on Steam and it's not coming to Switch so it's almost like a relief well I mean (laughs) I would love to play it on Switch but then I would have to wait until it comes out on Switch and it's apparently not because it started with HTML and it's like so it's kind of a relief I'm like okay I can buy it on Steam it's fine it's I'm not gonna have to pay for it again on Switch if I want to play it there so Crosscode is the name of that game, oh, yeah. and uh, it's it seems a lot of people are are liking it. So, I'll play yeah, it no, I actually hadn't heard of that one before, so I'll go check that out as well. <laughs> yeah, if that's your kind of thing, I think you you might want to. If sixteen bit graphics and 
kind of an MMO, but not really, but it's written like it, and it's very humorous, and it makes reference. It's very clever. It's a clever game, so... Mm-hmm. Um, right, so uh, very quickly, let's run through a bunch of other uh, tidbits of news. Uh, Rocket League is getting full cross-platform, including PS4, so Rocket League fans are happy, I'm sure. Um, the Switch might be getting, we don't know when, uh, but there's some data mining that suggests it's probably going to get some Super NES games at some point um, for the online service, which at that point, I might be okay with paying for the online service, which yeah. I'm not yet. <laughs> I might, yeah, no, I think it's a good way for me to try out some of these things, because do you want to hear something really sickening? Um, when the SNES was released, I was minus six. I think oh it came out in 1990. <laughs> minus, oh my God, I realized you were young, but... Ah, I was a I, real, real baby. You know what? <laughs> when this this NES was released, it was like my third console. It's it wasn't oh, no, even. No, I'm a so third sorry. Of... <laughs> <laughs> that was well, brutal. Yeah, it's it's like oh well, okay, maybe even more than third if you count the the ones. Anyway, my the the third one that I actually owned. Um, okay, so and I actually imported it from Japan and tested it. Tested it for a fanzine. Uh, fanzine. Do you have that word in English? I don't know. Uh, fan magazine. Uh, no, actually. not sure. Uh, okay. It's a French word. That's good. I like, so, I like uh, that. It's a nice portmanteau. <laughs> yeah. And and I remember thinking, I wasn't, you know, I was, I was going to say I wasn't very old, but I wasn't that young either. Um, but I remember thinking, so this thing, you can't really uh, get it in France unless you pay an exorbitant amount for it. It was like all of my money for, I don't know, three years worth of Christmas and birthday birthdays but um and and i remember getting it and so i was thinking you can't get it so is it worth testing and my thought process at the time was well you have car magazines that test like lamborghinis and stuff like that and you you can't get it uh when you're a normal human so why not do that with consoles and i figured you know so i'm going to test it and and talk about it in that uh uh magazine and i i to this day, I remember the the justif- the amount of justifications that I had to do for to to talk about games. Anyway, um, <laughs> a, a little bit of an insight into uh, the story of Patrick's video gamer life. Um, so yeah, anyway, super NES games. You will uh, come back on the show and let us know what you think about those ancient things. Um, <laughs> I have to say, even myself, I think uh, SNES games are great. Like sixteen bit era, you still have some pretty good things. Uh, 8-bit, even myself, I don't go there. It's like yeah. like pixel art games today can evoke uh, the, 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 yeah, the aesthetic. Yeah, the same mood and art style, yeah. But they're not the same. Like if you look back at the actual 8-bit <laughs> games, I think only people who have severe cases of pathological nostalgia can still make those <laughs> games. And I'm kind of angry. Yeah, I think, there. I think there's a limit to how far back I can go before exactly. I start getting irritated and definitely if you've played something before you're much more forgiving mm-hmm. on, yeah on so <laughs> snes i think you might enjoy but okay <laughs> um what else uh, netflix is saying that uh fortnite is there uh is there is a threat more than hbo which was an interesting way of looking at it and that doesn't mm-hmm. have a lot to do with video games directly except i'm wondering this is complete uh um uh speculation but netflix knows a thing or two about streaming what if they were to also like 
you know, everyone and their mothers and fathers and aunts and uncles uh, develop a game streaming service. It would be mm. an interesting way of looking at... Possibly. Uh, They've already got um, a couple of kind of interactive uh, right. stories. I think well, there was uh, Black Mirror, and I think they also... There was the Minecraft thing they did exactly, with yeah. Telltale. So I think I did read somewhere that there, were, there weren't any plans so far for Netflix to kind of go further down the game game's route. Mm. But, but you never what know. if there were... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no problem. Not. But it's interesting that Netflix is looking at the landscape in terms of free time, like available free time, and yeah, not like who is streaming eyeballs, videos. Exactly. People are calling it. It's a really <laughs> gross way to put it. <laughs> I, really, really like I think, it. Uh, I think uh, that's a, a mode in uh, Mortal Kombat 11, actually. <laughs> Um, oh. <laughs> and <laughs> so it also could relate eyeballs to uh, that other story, which I. I'm not even sure I want to touch it, but I think I probably should mention it because it's so weird. Uh, the lawsuit between Gearbox, uh, specifically Randy, Randy Pitchford, oh, and his uh, former um, uh, lawyer, the, the uh, general counsel of Gearbox, who... <sighs> so the lawyer uh, put forward a complaint towards Pitchford and, uh, uh, Pitchford and, and Gearbox alleging that Pitchford took $12 million uh, worth of a bonus, which is a big deal at that company because he had to do it secretly because the entire company is supposed mm -hmm. to have bonuses indexed on the company's performance, including him. And so he went around and, and did that secretly as an advance on, I can't remember which uh, um, uh, game, probably one of the... Uh, uh, I think it was the Borderlands title. Well, I think yeah, in yeah, the yeah, in, yeah. Yeah, exactly. in the lawsuit, it was kind of framed as, oh yeah, Pitchford was taking uh, like royalties directly from kind of Borderlands that should have gone into the, the development of it. It was exactly, tied yeah. so that it should have gone to the staff, basically. Which is yeah. weird in itself. And, and that is one of the allegations of that uh, 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 document, which it's, it's kind of... The next one makes you think uh, the the general ex general counsel uh, calendar um, kind of threw everything in there to get attention, and I hate that I'm going to mention it, but I don't know that we can not mention it because this is still something relatively mm -hmm. credible. He's an officer of the court, and so he has to be a little bit like uh, uh, serious in the way he formulates those uh, documents. Other people might not, but he's a lawyer, so he also alleges that Pitchford had a USB drive with uh, documents from the um, company, secret documents, and a number of pieces of uh, underage pornography on it, mm -hmm. which then Pitchford went like three days before the document was released, which the timing is can't be coincidental. He went on a podcast, which is a magician's podcast, to say that, yes, he does like a certain kind of porn and he downloaded a, a video that he saw and that's the thing that was on the thing, but on the USB uh, drive, but it wasn't underage and that part is obnoxious and, and, and outrageous and... I don't, I mean, I've never, yeah. I've always thought... <laughs> in my thought, notes, I've just, I've just written yikes in all yeah. caps for this part. That's essentially uh, the reaction. Yeah. Um, gosh, it's bad that it's been kind of corroborated. Um, yeah, I, I think it was, 
Pitchford said it was kind of barely legal, only 18. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. It, the, the quotes are just odd. They're just bizarre. Like, he said, this is not a sex worker. This is a effing magician. I don't know if you'll have swearing on this. I won't. Yeah, but, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, this is a fucking magician yeah. quote. Um, it's, it's really weird. I don't know anyone else to kind of get away with this kind of language. I, d- I don't know, or just kind of openly admitting that kind of behavior. I, I don't, it's, it's I really weird. I think he had to <laughs> because he knew yeah. it was coming somehow. Possibly. Um, and, and the thing, I mean, I've always thought Pitchford was a little bit weird, but mm. I mean, anyway, it's all, it's going to be uh, uh, discussed in the courts. Probably actually what's going to happen is that uh, they're going to work out a deal and the lawyer is going to get some money because there obviously is something there. Maybe not everything he's claiming. Maybe it's going to go all the way uh, uh, to the end in of the process in the courts. But yeah, there you go. That's yeah, that's gosh. something that happened. It's definitely the, the weirdest lawsuits I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> in the gaming world, that's not something oh we're God. used to, thankfully. Um, <laughs> And finally, I did want to mention, because we, we've been talking about NetEase and Tencent a lot, um, I, I wanted to mention this uh, uh, report by the South China Morning Post, which you've probably be hearing, been hearing more and more about if you're into tech, because obviously China. Uh, but Tencent had uh, obviously huge growth uh, year over year and uh, on investments uh, gains. And... They have been investing, the, the report is that they made over 160 investments in 2018 in, um, I, I believe it's in games. It might not be just games, but mm. between them, I'm sure a good amount of them is in games, and between them and NetEase. Uh, if you're wondering why we keep hearing about Western companies that get some money from either of those companies, I'm sure there are others, um, it's because China is expanding and uh, those uh, gaming and internet giants are are uh, the big, are bigger and bigger players. I think we'll have to um, get uh, Daniel Ahmad at some point our our friend uh, analyst who gamer gaming industry analyst who uh, specializes on China to to tell us to explain a bit more how that could change the landscape uh, yeah. and whether it's going with, to be yeah, mobile games Tencent or everyone, but... I, I think they've definitely been looking more to the West for investments. They were anyway, mm. but particularly because China's been uh, quite harsh on its approvals process for video games lately. And it is a worry. And Tencent stock takes a tumble every time something yeah. <laughs> happens in China to do with that. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they're hoping to kind of spread their investments out so that it'll make it a bit more stable. But... Mm. And what are the consequences? If you have Tencent as an investor... As a majority investor, maybe not a minority, but does it mean the company in it, it being Chinese will impose a certain? Uh, I'm not even talking about their uh, uh, needs financially. Like you, you need to put something out that we can also market in China uh, from like a platform standpoint. Obviously, mobile comes to mind, but from an editorial standpoint, like are they gonna? I don't know. Um, as yeah, I it's, said, it's we'll difficult to. to say. Tencent is very mysterious. Like, there, there is very little that I have found kind of talking about the culture or the thinking with mm. that company. It's just so big that yeah, it's, a giant. it's hard to really know. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> 
All right. Well, uh, on that big question mark, I think uh, we're going to declare the end of the episode. <laughs> um, thank you so much, Emma, for, for being on. It was great. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. If not just for the, uh, the Mortal Kombat descriptions. <laughs> descriptions, <still>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's definitely something there. Maybe a new, a new uh, audio format where you just describe Mortal Kombat fatalities. That, that, could, that could be very successful. <laughs> yeah, guess fatality based on the description. <laughs> Um, would you tell people where they can find more of you if they if they uh, yeah haven't gotten sure off? yeah no um, my Twitter is at gone efk and yeah you can find me on the, the Eurogamer website or there'll probably be a news article I've put up about Fortnite I don't, I don't know <laughs> <laughs> perfect uh, thank you very much I will include the link to your uh, Twitter account in the show notes. For me, it's not Patrick on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Of course, if you want to see pictures of uh, giant snowy landscapes, uh, as it's like minus 14 degrees centigrade today outside. It's terrifying. Um, and <laughs> uh, But it makes for pretty pictures, so there's that. And uh, that's about it. I think we'll be back in a couple of weeks, and hopefully I will have accessed the uh, Anthem beta, beta demo and I can talk about that, and I'm sure of other weird lawsuits that will have happened in the world of games. So until then, enjoy your games, and we'll talk to you in two weeks. Bye. Bye. Secret to summer ready skin is here. Osea's number one best selling Andaria algae body oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com.